Thanks for choosing a 3CR podcast. Throughout June 2021, we're running our annual Radiothon when we ask you, the listener, to make a donation so that we can continue to make great radio. Your donation will help keep us community-owned and community-controlled. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And with that done, please enjoy your podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death construction. In the fields of bodies burning. As the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Hello, this is Anarchist World This Week. Now, this program is broadcast across Australia, courtesy of the Community Radio Network, up and down, north and south, east and west, and it's streaming live on 3cr.org.au. It's also podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. And as I was saying to our uh, Victorian listeners just before we uh, got caught up with the Community Radio Network, Next week is an important week as far as the station, the radio station from which this program is broadcast. That's 3CR. It's our Radiophone Week. And I'll be trying to raise $15,000 to go towards the program. Now, if you're listening interstate and you want to continue to listen to the Anarchist World this week, courtesy of the Community Radio Network, it's important that 3CR continues to broadcast. Considering it's, this radio station is open 365 days a year, has over 400 volunteers, over 30 affiliates, and continues to broadcast 45 years after it was first established. And it broadcasts uh, ideas and concepts that nobody else is willing to look at or touch. It's an extraordinary radio station. Now, there is a silver lining to every cloud. You know when you donate to things, you get this warm inner glow? Well, it gets better than that here at 3CR. If you pay taxes, you can legally, legitimately minimise your tax bill, as Mr Kerry Packer was fond of doing, by donating to Community Radio 3CR. Uh, about halfway through the program, I'll tell you how you can donate. But a great way to donate will be joining our special radio fund program next week between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Wednesday. That's 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Wednesday. That would be the 16th of June. That's uh, and if you ring in then, and I'll give you the number later on, and uh, make a donation, we can read it out. Okay, let's move on to more less important things because there's nothing more important than keeping 3CR on air. Because without 3CR, I'd have to be one of those horrible left-wing shock jocks that are on the net, which I don't want to be. Okay, so please keep 3CR on air for another year, just to make me happy and make the government sad. All right, Anarchy, what's it about? Well, anarchos without rulers, it's it's a struggle to create a society without rulers. 
what gives rulers the power to determine the lives of billions of people? Simple inequalities in power and wealth. So the anarchist struggles the struggle to share power, devolve power, and the struggle to hold wealth in common and share wealth. So if you're involved in that struggle in your life, you're an anarchist. Maybe you're only 5% anarchist currently, but hopefully by the end of the program you'll be 97% anarchist. It's a wonderful thing to be an anarchist. You know why it's a wonderful thing? Because you're ultimately responsible for the way your life pans out. And that's the great thing about Community Radio 3CR where I'm broadcasting. It doesn't rely on government grants. It doesn't rely on paid advertising. It doesn't rely on the Gina Reinhardt's and the Kerry Stokes of the world to, uh, you know, fund us independent radio. And that's what we need. Independent media. And that's what we don't have. Now, I can assure you what I'll be talking about today, most other radio programs won't touch. Now, I want you to think you're a little kid, you're three or four, maybe five, and you've just been put on your first merry-go-round ride. Your dad or your mum or your carer has lifted you up and put you up on that little horse, but to you it's a giant horse, it's a giant merry-go-round, and off you go round and round and round, because that's what we're going to do today. I know in Victoria it's pretty tough where I'm broadcasting from because of the COVID-19 lockdown, the, f- the fourth lockdown. Many people are going to lose their uh, livelihoods. Many people are having it tough. So go back to that moment in your childhood that you can remember when you were put on that merry-go-round ride. And we're all on this merry-go-round. And unfortunately, you've got the merry-go-round bloke. He's usually a bloke in those days, in my day, and he'd make the merry-go-round go round and round. And that's me today. And while you're trapped on that merry-go-round going round and round and round and round and round, you'll be listening to me, hopefully, unless you fall, unless you fall off and get sick. Now, because life is a merry-go-round and a lot of things happen in the world and a lot of things happened in this, in this country in the last week or so or continue to happen and they all fit in together, but we tend to see them as separate issues. So the first thing I'd like to talk about is why the stock market loves bad news. Now, I'm sure you're perplexed. Perplexed. Well, I'm not. I'm sure you may not be. But why has the stock market gone up and up and up and up and up during the COVID-19 pandemic around the world? And I'm not just talking about Australia, but around the world. We are seeing the stock market reach record levels. And why does the stock market love bad news? Because bad news means government intervention in the financial markets. And what that means is low interest rates. So if you create money out of nothing, you don't even have to print it anymore, give it to the private banks to lend out to investors at very low rates, This gives people the opportunity to borrow big, and I'm talking about idiots like you and me who usually get knocked back by the bank, but I'm talking about corporate players and big players and transnational corporations. They've got all this money and big-time investors and hedge funds, 
So what do you do with the money? You don't put it in the bank because interest rates are ridiculously low. You may put it in the property market because it seems to be climbing, but there are issues regarding high levels of debt and the property market. And you don't want to wait three or four or five years to realise your profit in the property market. What you want to do is you want to invest that money in the stock market. So people are borrowing money at low interest rates and then investing that money in the world's stock markets in order to maximise profits quickly. So what happens is the stock market goes up and up and up. So every time the investors hear news about increasing inflation, which means increasing interest rates or lower unemployment, which means increased interest rates, what happens is they get nervous and they pull their money out of the stock market and the stock market falls. So every time bad news happens to real people like you and me, like unemployment rates are not good, there's insecure work, high debt, they love it. They love it because that keeps interest rates low and allows them to invest. Not as we're told in real activities on the ground, but activities that basically chase money, that have nothing to do with the reality on the ground. That's point one on our merry-go-round, Ryan, why the stock market loves bad news. Two, now you would all, all would have been laughing at the Australian Federal Police and the FBI's mammoth drug bust in the last 24 hours. It is, it is, you know, comedy caper stuff. You know, you, you give, you give the crims an app and they incriminate themselves. It's wonderful. But we're told that this is huge. This will change things. This is big news because Australian are one of the biggest illegal drug consumers in the world. And on top of that, we have the money to buy drugs. So we're told this will make a big dent. This is the war on drugs. Big dent. Now let's look at what drugs are all, drug dealing is all about. It's capitalism in its purest form. It's about private investment for private profit. And people make extraordinary amounts of money from importing extraordinary amounts of drugs. Extraordinary amounts of money. And what the criminal world is interested in, it's not interested in your welfare, what happens to your kiddies, or whether you die at the end of a needle, or whether you fry your brain from taking too much meth. It's interested in making a buck and at every level in the drug trade, from the big cartels down to the little dealer on a street corner. It's about making a buck. It's about making a buck to deal with your problem, you know, to finance your habit or making a buck for the sake of making a buck. And many of those that are arrested are not the type of people you'd invite over to meet mother, all right? Not the type of people you'd invite over for Christmas lunch or Christmas dinner because 
This type of criminality is based on the concept of making extraordinary profits at the expense of other people. No, I'm not saying that people don't get enjoyment from drugs, but once the addiction phase comes in, the enjoyment is secondary to the addiction. So we've got this mammoth drug bust. You've got a large number of arrests, tons of drugs seized, and we're told this is the end of the drug war, or we've put a dent into the drug war, or we've put a dent into the criminal underworld. Well, you don't put a dent into the criminal underworld while you leave the profit motive untouched. And drugs are big business because the profits to be made are extraordinary. They are extraordinary. You can pick up something for five bucks in South America and sell it for $20,000 in Australia. Huge profits. You're not going to get that from even speculating on the stock market. So how do we tackle the issue of drugs? Do we make it into a criminal matter? Do we spend billions of dollars prosecuting and chasing people? Do we fill up the jails? 70 to 80% of people in jail currently are there because of drug-related offences. Or do we look at another way? And if you think this bust is going to make any impact, any impact, lasting impact, on drug use in this country, think again. Think again. The only way to do that is to remove the profit motive. And how do you remove the profit motive? You decriminalise drug-taking. You legalise drug-taking. And you remove the financial incentive for criminal elements to be involved in the trade. At the same time, you treat the issue of addiction as a health matter. I mean, the the war on drugs failed decades ago. All it's done is destroyed lives, filled up the jails, increased the power of the uh, militarised police force, and the list goes on and on. So... Maybe good, good reading. The fact that all these crims uh, took up this app, which the FBI developed. You know, it's a little bit like uh, the old con. You know, you'd, uh, you know, there's a criminal in the neighbourhood. He's wanted, and you say, you put out a th- thing that he's won fifty thousand dollars. He comes up to t- claim his prize, and bingo, he gets arrested. So, look, it's good for a bit of a laugh, but it's really not going to do anything. So let's move to the next point on this little merry-go-round we're on. Australia is a drug mecca, both legal and illegal. We are a drug mecca. Now, people wouldn't be importing this shit or manufacturing this shit if there wasn't a market for it. Because, you know, capitalism is about making a profit and creating a market. Now, there is a huge market for drugs, both legal and illegal. Let's not blur the line, let's blur the line, legal and illegal. There is a huge market for drugs in this country, 
both legal and illegal. And you think to yourself, why are we a relatively wealthy people compared to most people in the world? Why do we have such a heavy reliance on drugs? And I'm talking about illegal drugs. And I'm talking about legal drugs. And I'm talking about prescription drugs. Because they all ultimately do the same thing. They all ultimately, or the great majority ultimately, create addiction, which then creates a client or a customer for life, for a significant period of their lives. So why should we, you know, this so-called sun-kissed country with people frolicking on the beach, enjoying each other's company, I'm talking about pre-COVID-19, obviously. Uh, Why should we be so heavily, both the young and the old, so so heavily medicated? Because we're talking about medication, whether it's legal or illegal. It's medication. People are self-medicating in many ways. Okay? So why? Why? Well, maybe... Maybe we're on this merry-go-round trip. We look out through the merry-go-round. Maybe we can see things aren't what they're meant to be. We're told we live in an egalitarian community and you've got people earning $15,000 a second and you've got people living rough on street corners or or in the long grass. Same society. We have people who have sailed through the COVID-19 pandemic, who've pocketed millions of dollars from the government like the Harvey Normans of the world, who don't have to give anything back, although they didn't actually use it. And then we have this pathetic $500 payment, which is restricted to a very small number of people, which you've got to pay back if there's an issue and you've got to pay tax on. Then we've got the highest household debt in the world. You're spending a million dollars to buy a three-bedroom hovel, you know, 20 k's from the CBD, from a major capital city. So people are lending out money to people to buy this little hovel at, you know, record low interest rates. But what happens when the local record low interest rates rise from 2% to 5% to 10% to 17.5% which I was paying in the 1980s was it the 1990s then you've got unemployment but the issue isn't unemployment the issue is insecure employment short term contracts current stress and then you've got all these bills which keep pouring in day after day after day gas electricity rates fines you know, there's a lot of government revenue tax corporate tax which it just goes on and on then you have the joys of living in the digital age think about it the joys of living in the digital age the joys of being on call, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The joys of being a slave to a little, to a little telephone, which supposedly is your window on the world. 
the joys of being maligned, pushed around, anonymously abused on social media. The joys of being bullied, harassed for the smallest amount of money you may own to some company. So you can see that insecurity becomes the dominant feature of people's lives in the digital age. Insecurity of not knowing whether your job's going to last, whether you're going to be made redundant, whether you're going to find another job, whether you can pay the rent, whether you can keep a roof over your head, whether you can pay your mortgage. And if you are a superannuant and you think, you think, you think you're on cloud nine because the stock market goes up and up, what happens if your the stock market crashes and you lose all that money that you've squirreled away in superannuation for the last 40 years and see your whole future washed down the drain in a few days? And in the joys of living in a country where there is no personal protection from the, for the individual from the arbitrary exercise of state power. And we've seen this highlighted during the COVID-19 pandemic. So, it's no wonder that living in such a society that we find ourselves on this merry-go-round, this merry-go-round where we think everything is separate, everything is a different issue. But in reality, it's it's the same issue. It's about inequalities in power and wealth. It's about lifters and leaners, but not the lifters and leaners they talk about, but the leaners in the corporate world. Those large corporations who laugh at us, who laugh at us, who think that somehow, you know, we're fools. And in reality, in the land of Oz, the land down under, the land of opportunity, we are fools. Because it's hard-working people who pay their taxes, obey the law, who get shafted every time. And it's those who bend the law who make lots of money, who wield power, who we're supposed to look up to as if some type of celebrity, some type of God. So think about it. It's all intertwined. The dots are there. It's about joining the dots. And that's what anarchism is about. It's about joining the dots. It's about understanding at the, at the, at the very base, at the very basis, at the very basis of all this, It's a struggle about inequalities in power and wealth. That's why the stock market loves bad news. That's why the AFP, FBI mammoth drug bust was really a waste of time. That's why the joy of living in a digital age, of being connected for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, causes so much pain and insecurity. And that's why we've become a great drug mecca, both legal and illegal, self-medicating and medicating, you know, through our medical facilities in order to deal with the stresses 
of living this insecure existence. So, if you are interested in getting off the merry-go-round and changing the speed of that merry-go-round and possibly making it go the other way and see the dots and join the dots, I encourage you to join public interest before corporate interests. And you can download the application form from pipsy.net. That's pipsy, P-I-B-C-I dot net. And what do we want to do? Well, we're not going to change the world. We're not that stupid. But we do want to change the debate. We do want to rain on their parade. We do want to be able to feel candidates to raise different ideas, not just during the electoral process, but also outside the electoral process. We want to raise ideas like a universal basic income, a treaty based on the sentiments expressed, you know, in the uh, Uluru Statement, having essential services owned by the people by incorporating those those essential services, their uh, ownership into the Australian Constitution, having some type of Bill of Rights to protect the individual from the arbitrary exercise of state power, about ensuring that this country's resources are used by everyone. Uh, Everyone profits, not just a small group of people that have been given the honour by governments to develop those resources for their benefit, not our benefit. And the list goes on and on. So if you want more of the same, fine. COVID-19 lockdown will end soon if you're in Victoria. It's not in place anywhere else in Australia. So go out there and enjoy yourself. Don't join the dots. Just enjoy yourself. You know, see what happens at the end of the day. But if you want change, I encourage you to join public interest before corporate interest. Haven't got a computer? Well, don't despair. You can always write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Or you can leave a message on 0439395489. And just remember, there's no point calling me and not leaving a message. 0439395489. Let's move on. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. My name is Joseph Toscano. I'm hosting today's program. Here we go. Now, I did mention at the beginning of the program that next week will be our special radio fun hour. And I will be trying to raise, the key word is trying, to raise $15,000 to go towards the running costs of 3CR for the next 12 months. So, if you want to donate, you can do a number of things. You can call 039419. 8377 That's 0394198377 During business hours 10am to 6pm Monday to Friday And you can pay by credit card You can post a cheque or money order Yes, there are still people who write out cheques And money orders To 3CR Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 or you can be a real, you know, real hipster 
and you can go to 3CR, that's number 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Or you can be really radical and you can ring in during the Anarchist World Anarchist World this week. Next week on Wednesday the 16th of June between 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on that number 0394198377 and possibly we'll be able to have the SMS going and get donations through that. The important thing to remember is that only do you get a warm in a glow an occasional letter from me but most importantly of all if you're paying taxes you can get a legal legitimate tax deduction by donating to the Anarchist World this week to keep 3CR on air for the next 12 months. Do like the rich and famous do. Do like those who earn $15,000 a second do. Legally minimise your tax. Direct it to the organisations you think will do the best for you, your family, your community and the country you're living in. Let's move on. Now, I don't know how many of our listeners are, you know, Sporting devotees, I assume there's a few And I don't even know if anybody knows who Adam's Goods was or is In the Adam's Goods saga Unless you're living in the rock, I'm sure you would know Now Mr Adam Goods is an Indigenous uh, Australian footballer Of prodigious fame 372 games, two brown no medals, medals And a few years ago He was basically after a long, long, illustrious career the mob, that's right, the mob booed him off the ground over and over and over again because he was one of these indigenous players who was happy to call out racism. He was one of these indigenous players who was proud of his heritage. He was one of these indigenous players who fought beyond football and somehow this rubbed a lot of the football supporters up the wrong way and there was a concerted effort to drive him off the football field and it succeeded he had enough after 372 games and two Brownlow medals mostly with uh, I think it was always with Sydney he had enough and he left and you know what the tragedy was it wasn't the crowds which booed him off the ground. I mean, those ignorant slobs, well, they're ignorant slobs. That wasn't the issue. The issue was the Australian Football Federation. The ALF. That was the problem. Or whatever. That was the problem. The organisation which profited handsomely from Mr Good's athletic abilities as a football player who made hundreds of millions of dollars by promoting the games he was in did not step up to defend their player did not step up and neither did the Sydney Football Club, as a club. They didn't stand up and said, this is one of our most illustrious players. Why is this man being vilified? 
why is he being vilified? Why is nobody else in the game being vilified in the same way? Nobody stood up. Not even in the media. You had a few, you know, idiots like me and a few other people who stood up. But people who mattered, people who, you know, people listened to, didn't stand up. They didn't stand up. They jumped up and down about a word or two, but they didn't stand up. And he was driven off the football fields. It was one of the most extraordinary, degrading, embarrassing moments in this country's history, as far as professional sport was concerned. It was even worse than the Nicky Winmar moment in 1990, when Nicky pointed to his gut and said, I'm black and I'm proud. Adam Goods was driven off the field. Maybe he had some questionable tactics as far as an AFL player goes, but everybody in the Australian Football League who plays in the Australian Football League has questionable tactics, part of the game, in order to win a game. That's part of the theatre of Aussie rules. Because his theatre, the fact that he was booed off the ground by the very people who enjoyed, who came to enjoy his athletic abilities, and the fact that the very organisations, the very organisations which profited and ran the game, refused to stood up for Mr. Goods. This is not an isolated example, but this is the most blatant example now in order to make amends the Australian Football League attempted to induct Mr Adam Goods into the AFL Hall of Fame this is where the gods, the football gods are taken to when they retire five years after they retire, if they're a good footballer bang, in the Hall of Fame now, Mr Adam Goods has done something that, to my knowledge, nobody else has ever done. He has refused to accept the honour, in inverted commas when I talk about the honour. He has refused to accept the honour. And why has he refused to accept the honour? Why should he be humiliated and somehow give credence and respectability to the very organisation that failed when it should have acted in his defence. Think about it. If somebody had rubbed your nose into the ground and refused to help you and five years later said, wow, come and join me for a barbecue, would you? Come on. You tell him to piss off. And that's what Adam Goods has said to the Australian Football League. And good on him. Good on him. And more players who find themselves in those situations because of their racial origins or sexuality or religious affiliations should do the same. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscana and I'm hosting today's program. And if you're wondering why I've spent so much time on this issue, because this issue is fundamental. It highlights who we are. When you join the dots, 
Let's join the dots regarding our humanity as a people. I know currently there are very serious questions regarding Australian troops' behaviour in Afghanistan. But let's not forget, Australian troops found themselves in Afghanistan as a result of government decisions. I get sick and tired of speaking to Vietnam veterans who piss on about how they weren't welcomed back into this country after they returned from Vietnam, when the reality is they should be putting the boot in the governments which sent them to be cannon fodder in this unwinnable war. And the list goes on and on. You need to look beyond what's happening in front of you and think about why it's happening. Let's go about our humanity. Because, see, when they sent troops to Vietnam and they conscripted young men, you know, by pulling out a marble, you know, from a, a lottery box, and if you got the marble, wow, you got, the, you got conscripted and you had the choice of going to Vietnam or becoming a draft dodger. Wow. No, they, they, they were my periods. Wow, wow, wow. But let's look at these, the Billawila family, the Tamil refugee family, you know, on Christmas Island. I mean, it's all become, it's becoming used again because the, the three-year-old daughter was misdiagnosed at Christmas Island and sent to Perth for urgent treatment for pneumonia and septicemia, which is a, can be a, Fatal condition, especially in a three-year-old. And the government's saying, well, we're doing the best we can. They're going to stay at Christmas Island. It's their fault they're there. They came here illegally. Let's not forget, it's not a crime to seek asylum. And we're trying to find them a home somewhere else in the world. Huh? 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 I'm saying to myself, am I stupid? I mean, these people made a life for themselves in Bilawila. I've been to Bilawila. I know Bilawila. I spent time in Bilawila in the 70s. It's a little country town. They made, you know, a lot of country towns need people. They want people. They need people. They're dying. They made their life there. And now the government's under pressure. They're concerned about the bad publicity regarding their continued internment. Let's forget about the 450 other people that are still in internment in this country, some for eight to eight years in hotel rooms and detention centres because they had the audacity to apply for, you know, asylum. But let's not forget that this reflects on us because, to a significant degree, the government reflects the attitudes in our community. When I heard that my people, the over-70s, I'll be there in a few months, only 25% wanted Australian citizens stranded overseas to come back to Australia during the COVID-19 crisis, I began to understand. I began to understand what type of people we have become, who we are. And when you look at our history... When you look at our history, our 233-year history of denial of the way this land was colonised, you can understand why there is this stain. It's a stain. Our inability to show 
humanity in the most extraordinary cases. People burning themselves to death, people committing suicide, people being traumatised for a lifetime, and the list goes on and on. I mean, what difference does it make that a family of four, and let's not forget that two children were born in Australia, and Australia, I think, is the only, I could be wrong, I'm happy to be corrected, and I'm sure there'll be people who correct me, is the only country in the world where if you're born in this country, you're not automatically a citizen. You know, depends who your parents are, whether you're a citizen or not, not whether you're born on this land. Well, I'm sure Aboriginals and Torres Strait Islanders will tell you that's nothing different. They'd lived here for over 60,000 years and they weren't recognised as citizens till 1967 and it took a bloody referendum to recognise them as citizens, although they were good enough to to fight and die for God, King and Country during both world wars. Well, humanity, think about it, think about it. Lack of humanity from the very highest realms in this country. Now, I'd like just to remind you, the West Papuan office in Melbourne continues to remain open. I mean, it's closed because of COVID-19, but it's opening as a, it's there as the office. It's still an organising hub for the West Papuan independence movement around the world, not just in Melbourne and Victoria, but around the world. We do need uh, new people to join the West Papuan Rent Collective. It's a dollar a day, $30 a month. You can pay up front or you can pay every month. So if you are interested in joining the West Papuan Rent Collective, you can email me on info at pipsy.net or anarchistage at yahoo.com or you can leave a message on 0439395489. And just to keep you up to date, there's a few things happening. Uh, on um, Sunday, the 27th of June, at 20, that's this year, COVID-19 restrictions should be gone by then at 2pm. There'll be Mark Worth's inspiring documentary, Land of the Morning Sun. Uh, and there is also a, a um, five-minute video about Janet Bell's Remembering Mark Worth, which is a video about Mark Worth. So it's an extraordinary documentary. You're all invited to come along. I'll speak more about it, but put it in your diaries or in your head or on your uh, social media network. 2 p.m., Sunday the 27th of June at the West Papuan office in Docklands, 838 Collins Street, Docklands. And the next open day will be on Sunday the 19th of September 2021 at 2pm and uh, we'll be um, interviewing some of the people who will be uh, doing activities for the day. So um, it's still going. The struggle in West Papua continues to go. It may have dropped off the news cycle because of the all the intricate analysis of COVID-19, which we seem to find on Australian media, which puts everything else into the background. But that struggle continues. It is in our backyard. It's less than 70 kilometres from the Australian mainland. So the West Papuan office still functions. It continues to be a hub for the West Papuan independence struggle. We continue to need new members for the West Papuan Rent Collective. If you can't become a member of the Rent Collective... We're quite happy to uh, accept one-off donations. I'm happy to give you the details on how you can donate. Let's move on. Poor auntie. Now, I'm not talking about your auntie. 
talking about our arty, the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Poor, poor arty. It looks like even Four Corners has now faced the wrath of the coalition government. It looks like an episode of Four Corners, which was supposed to go to air, about our beloved Prime Minister's relationships with uh, one of the most uh, extraordinary, uh, I won't call it conspiracy, one of the most extraordinary stupid theories around, A&On, whatever it's called, I can't even bother remembering its name, you know, won't go to air because some senior manager thought it's not nice. It's not nice to denigrate the Prime Minister. Well, the Prime Minister makes a habit of denigrating anybody and everybody that stands in his party's way to being re-elected. He's one of these Christians which shows a gross lack of humanity as far as uh, policy is concerned. I'm not saying, obviously, many Christians and many people of religious faith have a great deal of humanity, but it seems they lose it when they uh, aspire to political office, but that's a different story. But the reality is that this is something that we, we need to keep an eye on. Poor auntie, I've told you for ages, it's the government gelded, G-E-L-D-E-D, A-B-C, and it's been gelded in many ways. Short-term contracts, minimal resources, Stacking the ABC board with people who want to tear down and destroy and privatise the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. And when push comes to shove, we've got senior executives who are always concerned about being reappointed on their short-term contracts, doing the dirty work for the government. Poor, tattered, torn, hearty. Looks like the Australian Broadcasting Corporation has become a trolley lady. Courtesy of the coalition government. Now, some good news. Yes, we do have good news occasionally. Now, for the last 30 to 40 years, I've used the slogan, you know, deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation. I'm sure you're sick of me using those slogans. But it's basically a policy. Starve the state for the convenience of the market. The state theoretically is there to look after your interests. I mean, you're a citizen or a resident. You've got voting rights. In a liberal democracy, you have the chance of voting in your leaders. But the policy various governments have had, irrespective of their political hues, has been starve the state for the convenience of the market. What that means is that the taxes on the corporate sector have dramatically reduced and the state through deregulation has stood out of the way of the markets making profits at the expense of people. So if the state is the organisation which provides the basic services and essential services to people who are facing difficult situations. And if over 40% of the state's budget in Australia goes towards supporting the social security system, 
If you starve the state for the convenience of the market, which means is you decrease tax intake from the corporate sector to the state to provide essential services to increase profits for non-accountable, non-elected corporations, then you have the situation we found ourselves in when we started our little ride on that merry-go-round. The joy of living in the digital age, the merry-go-round, the 2021 merry-go-round. But something's happened. COVID-19 has created a problem for states around the world. They need income in order to pay debt. And they've squeezed ordinary people long enough and they know you can't get blood out of a rock. Or maybe you can if it's a genetically modified rock, but that's a different story. So something happened this week which is extraordinary. It's a total ideological pivot. You like that? I mean, it's the first time I've used the word pivot. I find it extraordinarily disgusting. But you pivot. They're running along for 40 years along the you know, deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation, and they go, oops, oops, oops. Ooh, there's a cliff. We need to pivot. So seven countries, that's the United States, Germany, Italy, Canada, Japan, France and Britain, which are responsible for half the world's economy, have decided to introduce a 15% tax rate on global corporations which minimise their tax or evade their tax by headquartering themselves in some forgotten corner of the world, which includes Ireland, believe it or not. And if they generate a profit of more than 10%, they're going to have to pay 20% tax. Extraordinary. This is an ideological pivot. The state has decided it doesn't want to die. It needs finances. And like Henry VIII, who uh, privatised the Roman Catholic Church and formed his own church in order to get his hand on a little bit of cash, we're now seeing the state confront the corporate sector. Don't get excited. This is just the G7. Now, they've agreed in principle. Now, this is a consensus. It's quite interesting. They use consensus. So they've agreed in principle. The United States, Germany, Italy, Canada, Japan, France and Britain have agreed in principle that corporations pay 15% tax and they pay that tax where they earned that money, not where they're headquartered, where tax is even less, you know, 2%, 1%, 5%. So it's, a, it's, it's a, what's called an in-principle agreement, which means I say to you, I'm going to buy you a cup of coffee if you're a good boy or a good girl, all right? That's an in-principle agreement. But you may be good and I may not buy you that cup of coffee. Now, the G20, which is the 20 most powerful economies in the world, I don't know if Australia, I think Australia is part of that. They must endorse this. I could imagine Mr. Morrison choking on his wheat bricks if he has to endorse this new tax rate, which affects his corporate mates. And then, 
if there's an in-principle agreement between the G20, which means every one of those 20 countries has to agree, then the 139 nations which are part of this uh, little organisation need to endorse it, and then legislation needs to be enacted through these countries' parliaments. So it's got a long way to go. But they have pivoted it. They've looked, looked at the abyss, and they've turned back and they've said, we will, we will fight the dragon. We will fight the dragon. We may not slay it, but we will fight it. But there is one problem, and the problem is an Australian problem. Remember Matthias Corman? Well, Mr. Corman is now the head of the OECD which is the organisation which encompasses the G7, the G20 and these 139 nations which make up the OECD. So don't start celebrating. But if there's one thing about COVID, good thing about COVID-19 is that the starved the state for the convenience of the market ideology which has dominated economic as also uh, social, cultural life on the planet for the last four decades is coming to an end. It's as dead as those Winton dinosaurs you've been looking at in the last week. You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. I've been hosting today's program. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can leave messages on 0439 395489. 0439 395489. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Info, pipsy, p-i-c-i.net. You can download the application form, join pipsy.net. You can always ask me for an application form if you're interested. YouTube channel, public interest before corporate interests. Instagram, who knows, it's there. Uh, it's all there. Facebook pages, tons of them. Joseph Toscano, Toscano for the public. It's all there. It's just a matter of you looking at it, digesting it and making a decision. Do you want to continue in the same vein or do you want things to change? And if you want things to change, remember, you are the person we've been waiting for. We are the people we've been waiting for. You can't rely on the corporate sector. You can't rely on the government of the day. You can't rely on the opposition. You can't rely on your religious leaders. You can't rely on poor old auntie in a tattered dress pushing that trolley. You can't rely on the corporate-owned media. And you can't even rely on your religious leaders. And least of all, you can't rely on anybody else except yourself. Thank you. Listen in next week to the special 3CR Radiophone Anarchist World this week. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday 
Listen to The Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Did you enjoy listening to this podcast? 3CR is a community radio station, and you, the listener, are part of that community. Right now, it's our Radiothon, and we need you to pitch in with a few dollars to keep the station going. We can't do it without you. It's easy. Head to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Your donation really matters. Help support community-powered podcasts for another year.